welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is Court Winsett. Hey, Katie. And Cameron Spin. Zillow. Zillow. You like that blend of hello and Zillow? Zillow. Why are you talking about Zillow? Because <sighs> I think we're talking about homes today, right? Selling, preparing. Yeah. You know, we've done episodes we've in the past. We've talked about buying and stuff. Yeah. So this time we're, we're going to move more focus on selling. Yeah, because it's like we talked about the mortgage part of it, which mm-hmm. is the nitty gritty paperwork type stuff. But this is like the actual, the emotions, the prep work of you've decided, hey, you may want to sell your house. Now what? Mm. It's the hell Abby and I are currently going through. You getting your house ready? Trying. Yeah. We'll talk about it a little bit more yeah, in the episode. Well, so, you know, we like to do lists. We like to throw some pop culture in there. So this one is maybe a little bit of a far stretch, but just go with us here. It is kind of a list of potential characters that could be great roommates or bad roommates. And so our spin on this is maybe you got a house with one of these roommates and you're ready to get it on the market and get out from staying with them. I think a lot of these roommates, whether they're good or bad roommates, would also depend on where you're living. Because, like, for instance, some of the people on this list, I wouldn't mind living in their house, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But they may not be the greatest roommate. So we'll see. We'll see. what. (laughs) Well, maybe we can talk about them as a roommate or their house. Like, if they're not there. Um, Okay, so this first one, preferred roommate. Tony Stark Iron Man. The house is amazing. The house is amazing. The suits are amazing. You could just go throw on an Iron Man suit. I mean, your only risk with living with him is it might blow up. Well, I mean, it depends (laughs) on what you're getting. Are you getting getting Tony Stark from Iron Man or Iron Man 2? Or are you getting Tony Stark from, like, Avengers Endgame? Because that's two completely... And by the way, I would take Tony Stark's house, uh, like, overlooking that cliff in the Iron Man movies, or that house that he's living in in Endgame that's, like, off in the woods that's like a cabin, because that place was pretty cool, too. Yeah, rest in peace, that first house. It is in the water now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, uh, I mean, if you're getting Tony from Iron Man or Iron Man 2... He was throwing a lot of parties. He was coming home with a different woman every night. You know, he he was he was kind of a crazy roommate. But I still think you know, it'd be fun for a short amount of time. Live with Tony Stark. You know. But family man Tony at the end there, living on the lake in a cabin. You know, I, I don't know. It's an interesting question. I feel like the next two like is a twofer, and it is because I'm glad I'm not getting the third one because I would come off as a little creepy. <laughs> How about you just take both of them? Harry Potter and Hermione Granger. Okay. So again, living in Hogwarts would be cool as heck. Hulk. Hulk. Cool as hell. Living in Hogwarts would be cool as heck. And honestly, I can't imagine that Harry would be all that bad of a roommate. I, I imagine Hermione would probably be pretty persnickety and maybe not necessarily the most pleasant person to live with if, if she was always like, get your feet off the table and stuff like that, which I imagine she would be. They'd always be down for an adventure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Hermione would fuss at you, but she would inevitably go. And I mean, but then again, does? you're at a threat with these people, too. Like, there's people yeah. out to get them. Yeah. So they're, 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 there's they're that creepy guy without a nose. Constant that's... vigilance. But again, I would live with them in Hogwarts. I would also live with them in that cool tent that they had in book four and book seven that was so much bigger on the inside. Like, if you're going to go camping, that's the way to go camping. Yeah. Okay, what about Forrest Gump? He's on a preferred. Hmm. Why? I mean, I he's kind of easygoing, but he just talk your head off. He doesn't yeah. sound like a great roommate to me. I'm not a conversationalist. You'd have to be playing a ping pong. True. Yeah. Uh, well, this next one then on the TV preferred one, uh, Cher Horowitz. I yeah no, I want her closet. 
Like, well, um, yeah. There's, there, I mean, there's a big debate going on. I'm like, why are we in the year 2022 and we do not have this technology? You realize that you are literally the only person in the world that is having this debate that you insist no, is going on. No, I'm not. On. There is no debate, Katie. There's you just people. want her closet <laughs> well, no, and you don't it's, have it. <laughs> it's brilliant because then you scan your clothes. You know what it is. You can mix and match. You don't forget stuff. It makes sense. I mean, I, I think, think this the, is another one where... Of course, my husband had a great... Fin- and this this is a financial thing, so I can throw this in there because mm-hmm. we're talking about sharing closets. Uh, Daniel goes, you know what? You have so many clothes and you spend too much money on clothes. I feel like we should just take all your clothes and stick it in like a mall setting that only you could go in there and shop and you have to buy your clothes that you want, but you're really not spending money because the money's just going to me and we're just like taking it and putting it back in the bank account. And then if after a while the clothes are still sitting in said shop... You give it away or I sell it to other husbands so they can sell to their wives. And we just have this whole trading scheme going. What? No. I think Cher's Valley Girl <laughs> thing would get old really fast. Well, also, you get back to the creep factor. I, obviously, I'm not going to live with a teenage girl, but... Uh, it's somehow it's less creepy than really Hermione. Cool. <laughs> the house is... is she she, does, yeah, she sure. does live in a super she cool house. house. Yeah. Plus, you could hang with Paul Rudd. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. 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 Okay, this is the most preferred TV characters to have as roommates. Will Smith, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. As long as he doesn't slap me. I was about to say, we're sticking strictly to the Fresh Prince era. <laughs> Rachel Green. Mm, yeah, definitely more so than uh, than Monica. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so used to her being just Rachel. I'm like, who's Rachel Green? <laughs> Friends. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think we'd be fun. Joey, Monica, Phoebe. <laughs> Another twofer. Again, I, I, I would not want to live Actually, with Monica. Actually, and Jangle. Jangle. <laughs> who's, who's Jangle? <laughs> Okay, if we want to do like a list of friends in order, which one would you want to live with most? Which one would you want to live live with least? Then my thing is probably going to be somewhere along the lines of Chandler is number one, followed by Joey slash Rachel, followed by Phoebe, then Ross, then Monica. Monica is the one that I would want to live with least. I mean, granted, she would cook some great meals and her apartment is unbelievable in New York. Yeah. That's a crazy apartment, but I'm not sure I could put up with her. (laughs) The last one on the preferred TV characters as roommates is Tyrion Lannister. Absolutely. Who wouldn't want to live with Tyrion? He drinks and he knows he things. Does. Just sit and drink and bad talk everyone. <laughs> hey, he would be an amazing roommate. Yeah, I put him on the top of the list. Yeah. Now it's getting fun. Least preferred movie characters to have as roommates. Mm. Number one, Beetlejuice. I mean, he'd be fun to hang out with. Yeah. His his whole shtick is trying to get you to move out. Like true. So he's all he's always trying to do stuff to get you to leave. Is there a way to get him to go away? You say his name three times and he he arrives. Can you do the same and he goes away? Well, in the movie, at one point, he's attacking them and she comes out and says his name three times and he disappears. But I can't remember how they eventually get rid of him. I think eventually the way they get rid of him permanently is they eat him with a sandworm. Yes. Yeah. But it would be pretty nice if you had a bad roommate to just say their name three times and they go away. And they, yes. Yes. That would be I, nice. I'm, I, I can think of several people that if I could just be like, that person's name three times and they disappeared, I would be saying their name an awful lot. Okay. What about Hulk? The landlord would hate us. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he would be a terrible, terrible roommate. You just have to keep him calm. He's angry all the time. That's like his shtick. Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Having an old friend for dinner. I mean, okay, let's talk about this. He is well-cultured. He is an excellent chef. He's very, very smart. Probably would be very interesting to have a conversation with and probably knows a lot about the stuff that he is talking about. So if you can just convince him not to eat you, 
then you'd be okay. We find out what he doesn't like and just like keep bathing in it. Yeah, <laughs> so he, you smell funky. He'd expand your palate. Yeah. When he yeah. Cooks. Regina George. Regina George. Yeah, that'd Remind get, that'd me. get old. Mean girls. Mean girls. Mean girls. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I I don't think I can deal with that. Again, nice house though. If I remember, she's yeah. got a pretty decent house. And her mom would bring me drinks all the time, so that'd be pretty cool. I'm a cool mom. And then Freddy Krueger. What a nightmare. That's of a I roommate. Yeah, I mean, that's like obvious. Oh, what are the worst movie characters you would have as a roommate? Freddy Krueger, Jason, uh, Voorhees, Michael Myers. Leatherface, yeah. yeah. Obviously, all of those people would be bad. <laughs> I mean, they'd be fun to go to dinner with if, as long as they didn't try and kill you. I mean, again, it, 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 how far <laughs> are we going to take this? If we're going to convince these people that they can't kill us... Then having a Freddy Krueger as as somebody to watch your house would probably be uh, not yeah, not yeah. such a bad thing. Okay, and so the last like these are the TV characters uh, least preferred. So Roseanne. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be obnoxious. Walter White. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, he'd be always okay. Got the chance of finding uh, stash money under the <laughs> house, or maybe some meth here and there. You know. Ross Geller. Yeah, he so was sad. He was the only friend not listed on yep. the first list. Sheldon Cooper. I mean, it would be entertaining, but that would be annoying with the roommate agreement and the flags and just yeah. very ticky. But and it's it's entertaining. And then Tony Soprano. I'm not sure why he gets yeah. the bad. I, I'd rap. be cool with that. I like yeah. Tony. I mean, he would just kind of leave randomly and not say much and go I'm, do his business. I guess you're always at risk of being raided by the FBI or something. Okay, so we kind of had some fun talking about roommates. Now we're going to talk about preparing to sell your house. So we're assuming right now that you've decided for some reason you you don't want to stay in your house anymore. You are ready to move on to something bigger and better, or maybe it's smaller if you're downsizing. But really, okay, yeah, obviously there's a lot of steps on the financial side of it of, you know, making sure you got your ducks in a row. But let's talk about the real things of like, yes, let's sell my house. Me, I'm the reason for this episode. Yeah, you you really are. You spurred this conversation because so much of it is we're like, yeah, you know, find out what you're approved for. Find another house because obviously you don't want to sell your house and be homeless. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it's all focused on that new house. How much is it going to cost? Where is it? What is it going to be that you forget? Uh, hello, you still have this house you live in that you have to get rid of. You have to prep because obviously you don't want to just like show your house where it's a mess and there's, you know, fingerprints all over the walls and there's that hole in the wall where somebody got drunk and punched it. I don't know. I mean, who knows what happened? <laughs> yeah. So there's this, uh, there's this house in mine and Abby's neighborhood, uh, that came up for sale a few months ago and the price keeps dropping and it has the nice golf course view and it's, it's larger. And, uh, Abby and I kind of got interested in it, uh, and began serious discussions of pursuing that house because our current house, it's fine. It's been good for four years, but as our kids get older, all of the upstairs bedrooms that are next to each other, uh, it's not going to work out much yeah. longer. The space kind of keeps closing in a little bit. It's the smallest house in our neighborhood, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a bad thing, but we're just thinking about the future teenage years. We'd like our bedroom to be downstairs instead of us all next to each other. Right. But we bought our house as kind of a fixer upper. I mean, it hadn't been touched since 1993 and we did some work to it and then we didn't do some work to it. <laughs> so now we're at that place where we're, we're really serious about trying to sell it. And we're like, okay, what needs to be done to sell this for a good amount of money? Mm -hmm. So we've had painters come in. We've had a fence guy come in, a sod guy come in to price out everything. And we're like, ooh. Well, so part of this episode is one thing you just said is how you bought the house knowing it was a fixer-upper. So trends change 
situations change, but it's, and so this list that we're going to go through about things to think about when you're selling your home, remember that there's different trends. There's going to be different buyers. There's going to be someone who takes on the house and knows that they're going to fix it up. There's going to be others that would rather move in and there's nothing they have to do to it. It is just ready to move in. And then, well, I'm going to wait till we go through some of this because I've got some opinions on some of these things, but the number one, find a great real estate agent. Check. Yeah. Your real estate agent should be someone you feel comfortable working with, with whom you trust to sell your house for top dollar. Don't be afraid to talk to a few real estate agents before picking one. Totally agree. With pretty much everything when it comes to big decision makers, attorneys, financial advisors, real estate agents, bankers, all of them, vet them. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to be offended. They know this is going to happen and they want you to find the right person. But this is the person that you want to honestly look at your house and say, hey, this is what you need to do. Or this is what you don't need to do because they're going to help you try and make sure you get the most money for it and you're not having to kill yourself updating all this stuff that may not need to be done. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it where if it isn't selling, it isn't moving, there's not getting bites, then that real estate agent is going to be your advocate and find out why. What are what do people not like about it? What is keeping them away? I had a friend that was trying to sell in Collierville pretty much in walking distance from an elementary school. I didn't understand why it wasn't moving. People didn't like her backyard. There was something about how it dipped down. There wasn't enough room for kids to, you know, like play soccer, put a playground up, something like that. So then, you know, it was kind of one of those, well, that's not really something we can easily fix. Yeah, that's exactly what we're going through with our real estate agent. Molly is her name and she lives in our neighborhood. So she knows the pricing well. She knows the house as well. It's great. And I said, Molly, why is this beautiful home still for sale six months later? And it turns out the owner listed it for sale by owner, and he priced it too high. And she uh, said that is the curse, the death. What would he call it? The um... <laughs> Cameron's making a stabbing motion. Yes, over I am. Here. <laughs> it's, it's it's bad. It's bad because basically, if that happens, it gets lost in the mix and on listings online, and people just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, the next one, consider your curb appeal by investing some effort in relatively easy fixes like planting colorful flowers, repainting your front door, the outside of your house. Definitely think about that. If your grass is dead, if you've got, you know, an old car sitting in the front driveway, like, I mean, something like that, think about how you're presenting it and that you want to put your best foot forward. You want people to see this as inviting, that they can imagine themselves living there. And, you know, the next one is declutter living areas, do a clean sweep of counters, tables, Visual areas. Lord, this would take us forever. I mean, uh, just decluttering our house to get ready to, to sell it every single time that we have put a house on the market. And we've lived in a lot of houses. We've sold a lot of houses. But it's been a long time since we did it. And I feel like the way you market a house now is, in a lot of ways, it's probably the same as it was the last time we sold a house. But in a lot of ways, it's very different. So I don't really feel like I can talk a lot about this. But one thing I remember is every time we've ever put a house on the market, we have to go through and basically find a place to store all of our stuff. So because we have a, so much stuff. So yeah. spend money on a storage unit. Yeah, that's exactly what Abby and I are talking about. Because when you go look at a house and it is cluttered, like there's too much furniture, too many books and toys, mm. it's all subconscious. You're thinking, oh, well, it won't fit my stuff. Yeah. All of real estate, when you're looking at houses, is subconscious. If you see a stainless steel fridge in this kitchen, you're like, oh, that looks nice in my head. Even knowing you're not going to get it, most likely, yeah. they'll probably take it with them. Everything is subconscious. There's, you know, two different looks of it because I know my house, when I sold it a couple of years ago, due to the timing of things, it I had to sell it empty. I had to sell it with no furniture in there. And we debated, 
do we stage it? Do we put stuff in there? Or do we leave it empty? Mm-hmm. And um, because mine was just a one-story, three-bedroom, little cute house in Germantown, it was okay. I was able to sell it empty. Now, it sold really quickly, and it was because of what was going on with the market. I mean, if it had been different times, I probably would have had to stage it because I know not everyone has imagination. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people have to look at it and see, oh, a stainless fridge would go there. They can't look at a blank space and be like, oh, okay, a couch could go here, a desk could go here, a bedroom could go here. They don't see it unless they visually, like, you've staged it that way. Not everyone is Joanna Gaines. Well, this is one of those things that blows my mind uh, about the way things are done now. And this is strictly based on my experience watching different real estate selling TV shows that are on, like, Netflix and streaming services and HGTV and whatever else. The staging aspect of it seems to have gotten wildly out of control. They, like, move out all of their furniture, even if they don't have a place to move to, and rent furniture to bring it in to stage the house. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That's crazy. Yeah. Not every... I mean, I think that's limited a lot towards... That's like California. Yeah. You know, that's... (laughs) They're selling million-dollar mansions. But still, it it just seems... It seems outrageous. Well, and this next one, depersonalize your space. I've heard Um, this. This is... Yeah. I've I've heard this, but I've also seen the other side of it. Some people don't do it. Well, I mean, minimalize family pictures because they want to be able to picture themselves in the house. And if you've got so many family pictures up around your house that all they can see is your family living there, then they struggle to see themselves living there. I've heard that. It's also a safety thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. But every house we've ever looked at had family portraits Mm -hmm. and it never turned me off. No, I I could always see past it. But again, it's, it's, it's knowing who you are. And so I think that's also... If you were on the flip side of this, if you were trying to buy a house, having that relationship with your real estate agent to say, like, I'm terrible at imagining things. So if we go to a house that isn't staged or is blank, you're going to have to help me visualize it. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to have to help me see past the hundred of family photos that are on the wall. When you look at your house, you know, okay, you've lived in it. It's been well loved. And I think, Cam, you and I were talking about this, about paint and like baseboards and things. Especially when you have three little kids. Our downstairs paint, just the the high traffic areas, everything is chipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doors, uh, cabinet doors, closet doors, yes. anything that there that was being opened on a freak, frequent uh-huh. basis, it just brown smudges around the handles yeah. and chipped paint and just nastiness. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I had um, like fun colors in my house because I mean it was just my, my single lady house, mm-hmm. so I had fun colors and. The real estate agent was like, look, you just need to like paint a neutral across this entire thing so then people can visualize because they would get distracted on that's the pink room, that's the red room, things like that. So, but yeah, it's a fresh paint job can make a huge difference. And so I think that's where some people get stuck with, oh, we got to fix everything. But I think like a fresh cut of paint, you know, make sure your yard looks good. Sometimes that's all you need. And the little things may not be important because the reality is someone's going to come in here and make it their own. And so you don't want to break your bank trying to make it perfect when they're going to change everything up, most likely. Yeah, you have to be thoughtful about what you fix up because, for instance, the crown molding in our house is so funky. Like a big chunky piece will just meet a thin piece in the middle of a room for no reason. But you don't notice that really if you're walking through a house for the first time looking at it. You have to kind of live in the house. Yeah. And so just be thoughtful about that. Well, and something that I'm not seeing on the list specifically, uh, and and I may just be overlooking it, but one thing that you absolutely got to consider is carpets. Because, for instance, if you do move 
everything out of the house. If you are working with a blank canvas mm-hmm. and the carpet is going to show everywhere that somebody has walked in that house for however many years you've lived there, if you've got pets, then goodness knows what's what's in those carpets or in the carpet pad underneath. Odors, foods, wine, stains, you know, it's just on and on. So He's having a party at his house. Do you... All the odors. Do you bring in like a Stanley steamer and have them clean it? Or do you just, with the house that, not the house we're in now, but the house that we moved out of to move into the house that we're in now, I'm pretty sure... We just went through and replaced any place that was carpeted. We just replaced the carpet with like contractor grade carpet because there was no way we were getting it clean. Yeah. Abby and I just purchased a, it's like a little portable steam cleaner, Mm -hmm. not the big vacuum looking Uh ones, but it's just this little one with a hose and it is a miracle worker Yeah, because we all, we have white carpets upstairs and they show everything. Mm -hmm. Well, there's two ways to look at that. Number one, one thing you touched on, get your house professionally clean. I don't care how good of cleaner you are. Right before you're going to put this on the market, you need to have pay the money to have somebody come in deep clean because there are going to be spots that these people are going to be looking at. They're going to be opening your cabinets. They're going to be looking at things. And so that janky handle on that cabinet door that you've been living with for 10 years, you might want to tighten the screws on that. You might want to mm-hmm. fix that. But with the carpet, you know, there, there's two different ways to look at it is, yes, definitely look at carpet cleaning if you're not going to replace But I've also heard in recent years with people selling houses, sometimes you can put, if if say you don't have the cash flow to be able to buy new carpet for this house, then you may be able to talk to your real estate agent and say, hey, do you think it's a deal breaker? Can we sell it as is or put in like a, we'll give an extra, you know, couple thousand dollars to go towards new carpets or something like that? Because there's ways to leverage around that. And that's where it's kind of important to one, talk to your real estate agent, but also talk to your financial professional, you know, advisor, whoever it may be, to make sure from a cash flow standpoint that you're doing what's best. Because again, you don't want to throw so much money into this house to fix it up when, okay, replacing the carpet may only get you $1,000 more, but it costs you $5,000 to do it. So you've got to really weigh your options because there are some of those people that may see the house and go, this is already a fixer-upper. I'm going to be gutting it. So there's no point to having new carpet. That is the dilemma Abby and I are facing. We're talking a lot with our real estate agent and being like, what would make the house sell for more? A new sodded backyard or granite countertops? Mm. And also with your situation, because you've got three kids, y'all are living in the house. You, you don't have anywhere else you can go and live. So if you're having to put all this time and money and effort into fixing the house... What are you guys going to do if you're putting in new cabinets or you're having to replace carpet? You're not going to tell the kids, oh, hey, y'all going to live in the backyard in a tent for a couple of days. Like, that can't happen. And it would also piss me off. Like, if we got new granite countertops, we wouldn't be able to enjoy it, you know? <laughs> I had that happen. Like, it's you fix it up. You've got a new paint job on it. And it's, I don't know if you'll, you're a Steve Martin fan. So mm. do you remember when they fixed up the house and they were going to sell it? In Father of the Bride, two, oh yeah, three. yeah, Father of the Bride two. And he's like, nobody wants this shack, and it's yeah, like, oh. and it's yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful, and and that that really does happen because you fix all the things that needed to be fixed all these years. You've given some TLC to this house, and then you're kind of like. Well, why am well, I now selling it? Looks it? Fine. Now, yeah. now I want it. Now I need to keep it's it. It's not so bad. The biggest single time that that's happened to us, it was actually the one time when we were moving because we were changing cities. And oh. so like 
we got the house all fixed up and it was like, well, now I don't want to leave it. But we, we had to because we, we were moving cities. Any other time, if that had happened with any of our other houses, then I probably would have just been like, never mind, we're staying. <laughs> yeah. 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 Abby and I had a big discussion about this before really pursuing this other house is just like, okay, do we get a HELOC and put a lot of money into this house and enjoy it? But what it came down to is we don't love the layout. Yeah. We don't see us there in the long term. Well, okay, so back to the list, just to, to sort of top off the paint conversation, <laughs> I'm interested what y'all's take is on, it says, paint the walls a neutral color. What neutral color do you go with? Off-white, not bright white, like an eggshell. Um, I think it depends on the house and like, so like my house... Um, in Germantown had wood floors. So I went with more of like kind of tanny color mm-hmm. than I did of an off-white mm-hmm. just because it meshed really well with those beautiful hardwood floors. You know what is really big right now and it is not a color that I am on board with is gray. So I am okay Gray's with... Big. I'm okay with very light gray, almost mm-hmm. white, but it is a fine line between getting too dark and the place yeah. looks like a cavern. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a beige person. I'm, uh, see, and I'm a color person. That describes person. my personality and my preference. I'm a color person a and this is still... <laughs> a sore subject with me because we bought the new house and it is a open floor plan and my old house was very much like boxed off well an open floor plan you have to paint like it all the same color Mm -hmm. because it's just you see all of it and i'm like but i want a fun color for my living room and for my kitchen you can always do like an accent wall you know talk talk to daniel that's what bathrooms are for talk to daniel because it doesn't happen (laughs) yeah bathrooms you can put fun wallpaper or crazy colors in right i just i feel like i'm like i've always i grew up in a pink bedroom like i just vibrant i like the colors Okay, so we we talked uh, repaint walls. We threw in there sort of touch-up scuff marks. We also touched on uh, fixing loose handles. So those were basically three tips in a row that we kind of combined into one conversation. The next one on there is add some plants. I completely agree with this. Add some fiddle fig leaf plants. You know what I'm talking about? No, I fiddle fig. They're the tall ones, and the leaves are large, and they look like fiddles. Oh, okay. And they just make the place look fresh. Mm-hmm. Did they have to be alive? No. Because yeah. ours are not alive. alive. Yeah. So this next one, conduct a smell test. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge one. That's where deep cleaning comes into play. Okay, but also you become immune to the smells of your own house. Yeah. You your do. own personal smell. You yeah. Do. Well, and so with this is kind of one of those that as you're thinking about preparing to sell your house, like obviously you're going to want to be showing it and you're going to want to be available at certain times. So number one, your kids got to be ready to like jump and get out the door whenever it whenever somebody wants to come see it. But the other thing is your pets. Yep. Think about that because if you're trying to not make your house smell like a dog or a cat or whatever animal you own, then what do you do? Do you like let the dog go live at a relative's house for the two or three weeks you're putting it on the market? Take I mean, him to the farm. <laughs> Well, I'm, that took a dark turn. I'm very sensitive to smells, just like I can smell the smallest smell. And every time I come home from work, there's just a little bit of mustiness. And I think it's our AC Vincent mm. unit or whatever. And I always complain to Abby. She's like, I don't smell it. What are you talking about? But we just got new laundry detergent and that fixed everything. Okay. It just fills the air and all of your clothes. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, I we, mean, that's the trick they have with like baking cookies, right? Before well, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the last time we sold a house, we, we invested heavily in like bulk Pillsbury cookie dough so that we could just... <laughs> Anytime somebody was coming to the house, we would always have a fast. batch of cookies cooking. So And light all of the candles. Oh, yeah. 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 Although not so many that it makes your eyes burn in your throat. Yeah, that's true. Ugh. Yeah, and that's you can always tell. Um, I mean, I'm super sensitive to the smell of smoke. And so I can tell the second I walk in a house if someone has smoked in it. As much as they say, oh, it wasn't a smoker's house. Mm, 
I can smell that. That nicotine sticks to the walls. It, yeah. And it colors the walls. It does. And that's, that's kind of, you will be shocked if you remove a picture from the wall that has been there for a really long time. There is a an outline. An outline. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, we've talked about cleaning. Yep. Hide valuables. Hide valuables. I think, in, I think we can throw in with hide valuables, we can also throw in hide your drugs. Because what? Drug. Yeah, like your prescription drugs. Oh, uh, yeah. Just recently, um, also hide your illegal drugs too. I was about to say hide your like cocaine. What are we talking about? <laughs> so like just recently, Matthew Perry came out with a book. Is his biography of, uh, that mainly deals with his struggle with drug addiction. Uh-huh. He said one of the things that he would do to get drugs is every Sunday he would go to just he would circle all the open houses and go to everybody's open house and look at the house and then go check out the bathroom and steal all their drugs from their medicine cabinet wow. so Whoa. i mean you know, hide your drugs well people are going to be nosy they're going to look through your drawers they're going to open your closet and uh, i was watching neighbors too the other night just needed something as background and forgot at the very beginning of that movie they're selling the house and these people are coming back by just dropping by real quick to look at it again and their little girl has gone to the bedroom and pulled out mama's toys <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, think about those. If you have any of those laying around, you might want to hide those. Laying around? I don't know. How many do you have and why are they just laying around all (laughs) willy-nilly? I don't know what people are doing. There's no judgment here. No judgment. Whatever you invest in is your own thing. (laughs) Bullcast after. Last pointer is consider staging. We've talked about staging a lot, but I mean, you know, you can have somebody who... Real estate agents are, are very good and knowledgeable about staging. I think they also have like go-to stagers mm-hmm. that are basically professional stagers that will come in and, and actually they make a living off just staging homes. Um, so that that could be something you, you might want to look into depending on how competitive the market is. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to say, you've got to look at what the market is and you've got to trust your real estate agent, financial professionals to kind of help you with that. But also I will throw out again, just as you know, with financial advisors, real estate agents are giving their opinion. They're giving advice. You ultimately have to choose what makes you feel good. And so if you want to try selling it, not replacing the carpet, do it. Try it. See if it works. And if it doesn't, then replace the carpet. I mean, figure it out. But it's better for you to feel comfortable with what it is than for you to absolutely hate the process and then just be angry going into this new house. Okay, so we got another section to kind of talk about. Selling your home during the holidays. Which is what we're going through. Yeah, it's hard. And that's what my friend I was talking about who just sold her house. She has had to move in with her in-laws, her mother-in-law, because they're trying to find a house. And right now it's just, it's very weird. People don't really want to sell during the holidays because then you think about you're trying to get Christmas ready. Do you really want people stopping by? That's right. This house we were eagerly pursuing, or we still are, uh, it was on Zillow and it just went off the market. And we're like, Molly, our real estate agent, what's going on? Are they not selling it anymore? She said, no, they just wanted to remove it for the holidays. It's a little chaotic. Hmm. We're like, okay, well, this actually kind of works in our favor. We can still pursue it and other people can't see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have to look at it that way. So why are holidays the best time to sell a house? Buyers are serious. Housing inventory is low. End of year tax breaks. More attention from realtors. And a festive time of year. I mean, I guess if you're a buyer and you're looking during this during the holiday season, then you probably are serious. So yeah. that, that rings true to me. House inventory is low. People take their houses off the market during the holidays. Yeah. Fest. I wonder how festive works. You know, um, it's. Are we talking decor, like Christmas trees up? And yeah. So it looks really, yeah. really nice. I feel like it would make you feel more homey, and you could picture 
Like most people associate Christmas with a very cozy feeling, family. So if you walk into somebody's home and it's got that Hallmark feel to it, you're like, yeah, I could do this. I can imagine my kids opening presents on Christmas morning. Yep. It can play in the favor, but again, it's the particular buyers and it's the particular sellers that are willing to open their home during the holidays. <laughs> so we have pros and cons of selling your house during the holidays. I'll take cons. Court, you want to take pros? Lack of competition. The con, limited buyers in the market. Mm, serious buyers. Subpar offers. I wonder why that is. Additional time for showings. House maintenance is harder, and that's true. Yeah. A readily available real estate agent. Finance delays. I can see that. Okay. And then finally, neighborhoods become more enticing. Now, see, okay, so the the festive feeling. Uh-huh. Overall, the neighborhood being decorated and feeling more inviting, I can definitely see that being a positive. You would not sure. want to move into a house with a Grinch next door. Uh-huh. And the final con on the list, harder to come by real estate agents. So that's interesting because one of the pros is a readily available real estate agent. And then one of the cons is hard to come by real estate. I guess you can view it two different ways. Like since there aren't a lot of houses on the market, maybe real estate agents are just available and they're eager. Mm. And on the other side, they're busy with holiday stuff with their family. Mm. Or I, I could see it another way of maybe if you've already signed on, then they're willing to work with you because it's a slower time. Versus if you're trying to get one to sign up to help you, they're thinking, oh, let's just wait till the beginning of the year. I don't know. It could be a combination of those. My family does not know about uh, mine and Abby's situation, so when they listen to this, they're going to be very surprised and probably angry at me. Hmm. And it's Oops. not a done deal. We may not get this house, but we're, we're thinking about it. We're exploring. We're preparing our house for the future. You well, know. you know, as you know, we've talked about before, looking ahead, your end goal is you know that you, you guys have to move somewhere else. So whether you go with this move now, the things you're doing, it's kind of like saving. It's never a bad idea to save. It's never a bad idea to go ahead and start getting your ducks in a row, getting your house ready, because then if this is not the deal, maybe it's, you know, new ones coming up down the road and you've already done these steps to get ready. That's exactly right. That's what I told Abby. I mean, we can't get too attached to this house that we want because it's not a done deal. But on the flip side, I really like the idea of like doing all this work to our house that we've been meaning to do for Uh four years and then just enjoying it and, and ready to go whenever another house becomes available. Yep. So why don't y'all do the uh, tips for selling your home during Christmas? Okay, well, the first one actually touches on something that I've been kind of wondering about the whole time we've been having this conversation, selling a house during the Christmas season. They recommend keeping it secular. You can have the manger scene, a menorah or a canara out for personal celebrations, but be aware that the buyer may have different beliefs. It's interesting that this should be brought up because I remember specifically... Uh, one time when we were doing a home search, uh, we looked at a couple of houses in in a neighborhood that was predominantly a religion that we didn't practice. Uh, and there were a lot of people in that neighborhood that practiced this particular re- religion. And so we kept going into these houses that had all of these odd, to me, odd elements to them that I was, I was like, whoa, what is that? I don't, you know, why is that there? And I just, I remember not necessarily being turned off by it. Not like I was like, oh, I don't want to live in this house. This is gross. But more just like, it sort of made me feel out of place. Like I like yeah. I didn't know what was going on there. It's another one of those subconscious things. I don't yeah. think this, this point here is saying like, 
everyone who comes into your house, if you have a menorah, is going to be anti-Semitic. Right. It's just a subconscious thing. It's like a, a Jewish family lived here, and in your mind you're like, well, I, I may not be Jewish, so I can't imagine myself in here. Yeah, and what if they don't like whatever it is I am? Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, I, I don't know, I can, I can go down lots of dark rabbit holes in terms of like, they won't like me, they won't want to sell to me, and so, so right. forth. Point number two, depersonalized decorations. To help buyers envision themselves in your home, avoid putting out greeting cards, family photos, we already hit on this, and family sentiment items like best grandma tree ornaments. Your home will soon be someone else's home, and putting out these personal tokens can upstage the buyer's vision of them living there. I think that this is a, is kind of a thing that should be done in moderation. A home with no pictures at all just looks weird. It's sterile. It you does. know, But uh, maybe just don't overdo it. Appreciate classic decorations. A simply decorated Christmas tree, a holly wreath on the front door, or a mantelpiece with ivy and candles are all elegant accents that pleasantly warm the home atmosphere, but do not distract or overwhelm buyers. Yeah, like I don't think multiple Christmas inflatables in your front yard is really going to sell your house. (laughs) Or if your uh, Christmas is themed, since we talked about Beetlejuice earlier, like her decor. Mm. Do you remember that? It was very Whoa. funky and weird. Mm. Like, because that's, you'll go, walk away. Because if you've looked at houses, you know you you label them something. Oh, that was the one with the yellow wall. Or that was the one that had the kid's pinball machine in it or something mm. like that. You remember something about it. Yeah, this house we're looking at, we call the blue house. It's kind of like this light blue, which we would eventually paint on the outside. So it's just the blue house. Yeah. The blue house. Mm. Avoid too many lights. Opt out of colorful flashing lights on the front lawn and nix the inflatable Santa. There it is. Snowmen and reindeer. My too wife m- would be heartbroken. Uh, too much to Mary. down her inflatable stuff. She would be so sad. Then she's going to hate this. Too much Mary can be tacky when selling a home. <laughs> Instead, simple white string lights can highlight the home's architecture and draw eyes to attractive greenery. So don't be Clark Griswold. <laughs> Match the colors. Make sure your decorations match the color scheme of your rooms. If the living room walls are a soothing color, choose snowflakes and silver accents over clashing reds. I'm on board with all these so far. Sure, sure. And then clear the stage. Staging a home is a delicate practice, and if rooms are already cluttered, adding Christmas ornaments will not improve the look and feel of a space. Look at showcase examples, model home photos, and clean up your home. Once the room is clear of distractions, you can add delightful holiday accents to cheer up these spaces. I could never sell my house pretty much from September on because of all my Halloween decorations. At Christmas, I have five Christmas trees in my house that are like seven and a half foot plus. Mm. Yeah, Katie, your home's beautiful. You could easily sell it. Somebody be like, that's too many, too much crap in there. Maybe not around Halloween. Halloween and <laughs> Halloween it might terrify people. Like, is she worshiping the devil? No, no, no. I just like Halloween. Uh, this has been fun. Katie, I, I know I can count on you. You always <laughs> have a bullseye. So why don't you bullseye it up? My biggest takeaway is if you've decided you want to sell your house, then just do your research. Don't just jump into things and start spending money to try and fix your house up. Really consult your real estate agent, your financial advisor. Look at the whole picture and figure out what's the best thing you need to do to get the best bang for your buck and not just waste all this money. Bullseye. Bullseye. I am piggybacking right off of that because I have very recent firsthand experience. Selling a home is not as easy as just putting it on the market. I'm realizing there is so much to fix up from painting to sod to fence to kitchen cabinets, like putting putty in the little holes, things like that. It it adds up. And mm. so you got to be smart and thoughtful before you pull the trigger. Bullseye.
my wife and I, early on in our marriage, we moved multiple times. With For a while there, we did not live in a single place after we were married for more than, I think the longest was four years, until we moved out to Collierville. And when we moved out to Collierville, we stayed in the same house for over 10 years. And it was the first time we had stayed that long in one place. It's the first time I'd stayed that long in one place since I was uh, a child in, in my childhood home. So I don't really have a whole lot of recent experience with selling houses. I've actually been staying put a lot more recently. But I think the stuff that I always walk away with whenever I look at a house is an odor in a house will turn me off uh, immediately. I don't care how great the house looks. If it smells bad, I'm going to be turned off completely. And um, yards do make a difference. Uh, And different kinds of yards make a difference to different kinds of people. Let me point that out because, like, I'm at a stage now where if I were looking to move into another house, I would want a small yard and as few trees as possible and no pool to take care of. But, you know, a family with kids, they want a bigger yard so the kids can play and maybe they want a pool and, you know, maybe they like trees because trees are pretty and they don't think about the fact that they're going to have to rake up all those leaves. So, you know, there's not necessarily one type of, of house that is going to fit all. You just have to find the right buyer. So if you have a lot of lookers but no takers... Certainly you want their feedback, but if their feedback is, oh, this one wasn't right for us, but there's nothing really wrong with it, then don't get discouraged. Just keep plugging and eventually you'll find the right buyer. Bullseye. Well, what do you know, ladies and gentlemen, there is the closing doorbell. You have made it it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beamed directly to your favorite listening device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about me, Katie, or Cameron, please feel free to go to our website. That's bullcastpodcast.com. You can leave a comment, check out all our older episodes, suggest a topic if there's something you want to hear us talk about. Come be a guest. And or just read up on our bio. It's probably about time we updated those. If you like pictures, you're not going to get many pictures of me because I hate them. But we do have pictures on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at Bullcast Podcast. And we also have Twitter. And I'm not sure what they put up on that Twitter thing. But hey, it's there. And I bet there are words. So check that out at Bullcast Podcast as well. Finally, Katie, Cameron, and I all work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. We're a financial advisory firm in Collierville, Tennessee. And if you would like to find out more about what we do, what we can do for you, find out about our amazing team and our boss, David Pickler. Please go to that website. That's PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I've given you everything you need to go forth and sell a home. So get out there and start a selling. So for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cam. And we're done.